This is Living Truth Podcast, where our purpose is to help you understand the Bible better, live its truth more completely, and experience your relationship with Jesus more deeply. I'm Tom Hine, and I'm your host and resource person in partnership with various guests who engage with us in dynamic conversation and stories from their own lives. Welcome to Living Truth. We're so glad you're with us again. Living Truth is a place where we discuss truth in God's Word. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we're seeking to live His way. We're seeking His truth. We're seeking to live out the life He invites us to live. And Jean and Gloria Arnold are with me today. Say hi. Hi. Jean and Gloria. Hello. Yeah. Jean and Gloria are new friends here at New Hope. You guys have been here, what, three years? Two years? Yeah. Three. Yeah. That's fantastic and we've just been really glad to get to know them and they've uh, brought much wisdom and experience that we're going to share a little bit today as we talk about generosity as many of you know we've been we've been focusing on generosity in our sermon series a short sermon series three weeks and i've had the privilege to preach a couple of those weeks and then Pastor Ryan is going to be preaching on Labor Day weekend. And if you listen to the sermons, you remember that we covered a couple of passages in the book of Matthew. One was in Matthew 6, where Jesus urges us to store up our treasures in heaven. And we talked about the fact that what we treasure and what we expend our lives toward is where our heart goes. We would think that Jesus would tell us to set our hearts first in a direction and then our treasures would follow. But he says what we give our lives to, what we give our finances to, what we give ourselves to emotionally and in the way we live out our lives, this is where our hearts go. We, we follow those decisions that we make our emotions, our spiritual life follows in those directions, and that God calls us to be people who are banking in heaven. And then the next week, I was over in Matthew chapter 25, and we're talking about the parable of the talents, which I'm sure most of us are very familiar with, and my emphasis was on multiplying what God has entrusted us with and I was actually talking with someone this morning who heard the sermon, and she was saying that she appreciated that I went beyond just finances because we're talking about generosity as a lifestyle of sharing. And that includes our finances, certainly because finances are so tied up with everything else we do, but includes our finances, includes our abilities, our spiritual gifts, our energies, our time, and so we're going to take the little opportunity, Jean and Gloria, to just talk about your experiences with generosity, your journey toward gener living generously. And so whichever one of you like to go first, um, Jean, yeah, that'd be great. Just tell us a little bit about where generosity began in your own life and some of your own journey. Okay, I grew up in a in Bloomfield, Iowa, in southeast Iowa, and my parents, we 
just came from a normal home, but they were very generous, and uh, so I saw them extend their time uh, in Boy Scouts and church or church activities, and then their finances. They they had scholarships, and they were always giving and helping people. So that was the early part of my life. That's just I think the makeup of our, our family. Was there and like then, maybe? An experience or something you remember that just one short story that uh, you think of? The nursing home. Tell us about I that. I guess sort of toward the end, of, uh, as my dad was in the nursing home, Yeah. then um, it, it was the hospital that was converted to that in Bloomfield End. Like he had an empathy for the people that worked there. He thought maybe they should have been paid more. He was and li he was living there. He lived but he there. Yes, also also for them. He was always grateful for the assistance that they gave him. And so, one Christmas, my dad gave generous gifts to every person in mm. the whole facility. Wow! And so I look, we looked at it and we said, like, Dad, that's your money. You do with it what you want. Yeah. But it was a sign of gratitude. Yeah. For what they were helping. They they were generous to him, in just the help and the the uh, care that they gave him and the kindness they showed him, yes. and he was showing that back. Yeah, praise the Lord. So so that would have been my early growing up. Uh, later in you know in college and stuff, I drifted away from the church and pretty much was following other people. But through that encounter, I needed help uh, on some homework in college and. The student assistant that I asked to help me, I went to his house. He's, he helped me and invited me to a Bible study. And in that Bible study, in four weeks, we went through the first part of John, and I became a Christian. So his generosity in not only helping me, but uh, sharing God's Word with me took, changed my whole life. Amen. And so then after that, God has placed many men in my life who have really built me into who I am. And... Uh, that was uh, the man that would be most significant I met in the 80s, and he invited me to be in Bible study fellowship. And he didn't even know me. He didn't know my abilities, and so I came in at the lowest level as the treasurer and soon became the secretary and then moved on up another position. So I was in that for 13 years. But during those 13, 13 years, his, his name was Chuck Winger, he literally shared his life with me for all of those years. And uh, so many of the uh, principles that I know, the way of treating people, the uh, just being able to remember and teach God's Word, all came from, from the help of Mr. Winger. And, and I think of a couple of occasions, we had five kids, not a lot of money, and so when... Saturday, Chuck and his wife showed up, and they had a whole trunk load of groceries, of groceries for us. And that I remember that because we could barely buy groceries, but they came and showed up with that generosity, and so we realized the impact that had on us, or and and yeah. and for other people. Even when you were young. And so the one thing I remember about Chuck is that when he died a few years ago, and uh, many of us thought. He invested his whole life in us, and we realize he invested in many, many of us. And so that's been a goal in my life, to invest in others. And it, it, it was never about the money. And I don't, I, 
I don't even remember the money. I only remember the relationships and the example that he gave me. Amen. Yeah. It's so kind of interesting the way you phrased it when you said you entered into Bible study fellowship at the lowest level, and then you said treasurer. Uh, most of us <laughs> wouldn't think of treasure as the lowest level, but kind of uh, in the theme of what we're talking about, hmm. really, we're talking about giving our lives, and the treasure position, in a sense, is a, it's the outcome of that, in, in a way, yeah. So, Gloria, how about you? What, tell me a little bit about your... Well, for myself, I um, grew up in a very poor family. Um, my mom was the single parent of six kids. Yeah. And so... Was the, that in Omaha? Or well, um, Nebraska. In um, David City, it was just a little bit north of Lincoln. Okay. We lived on a farm. Yeah. So, pretty poor. Um I won't go into all the yeah, details yeah. of that. That's for another day. Um, but what I recall is that um, I knew what it felt like to be in need. And while I didn't, I didn't feel that sense of I, I always had enough to eat, I had clothes to wear, and all that. But looking back, um, I just had this sense that we weren't the same as everyone else. Mm. you know weren't the same and so I try to remind myself of that and what does it feel like to be in that place mm. you know when I see people yeah. what is it you know trying to what they say mm. put myself in their shoes um, and that is not only just physically but you know we have physical me needs spiritual needs emotional needs yes. and so looking at looking at yeah. life from that perspective yeah. um for me um it was a transition into when i'm now a business owner and scheduling um, with employees and clients um, the thing that stood out to me is that over 29 years god always worked out the schedule if someone dropped from the schedule, God always had that open for someone else who needed it. And I was very clear to tell them. Well, what was your business? Um, um, I had a residential and commercial cleaning service okay. for 29 years. Mm -hmm. And so God always coordinated the schedule, and he provided all my needs. Mm. And um, in miraculous ways, absolutely miraculous yeah. ways. Wow. So, so I'll go back to another event in my life. Yeah. Uh, in, the, um, in the late 90s, I... I started my own business, and uh, God was calling me to do that, and it, it really happened kind of abruptly. And so it might, when I gave them my notice, they said I could not tell anybody for two weeks. And so I'm starting a business, and I really don't have any ability to go market. You were ready to go. to pray and yeah. to put together what a marketing plan might be. And so at the end of these two weeks, I got a phone call or I was in a phone conversation, and at the end of the call, I told them that they would need to see somebody else in our company. And they asked why I was leaving, and I told them I was starting a business. And at that instant, he gave me one of the clients that I had for 20 years after that. Mm -hmm. Not not for 20, uh, 16 years after yeah. that. And uh, I never had the opportunity to ask anybody for work. God, before the last day that I left, 
God provided me with one of my best clients mm. that I had the whole time I was in business. Mm. And so when I look back at that, I always remember that it's not my effort, but God's providing. And so God he's before us and behind us. And yes, provide. he provided that as a foundation, as a, and as a as a uh, as a memorial that I could look back and say that God's providing. Amen. I I don't have to be worried about it. Yes. And so because of that, you know, it gives you a freedom that it isn't our struggle, but it's you know God, it's provision. Amen. Yeah, kind of along those lines. What are some Bible passages or some theological, biblical kinds of truths that he's laid in your hearts in regard to generosity? Well, Gene has shared um, several verses from Deuteronomy and Ecclesiastes about how God, God gives us the breath of life. He gives me the strength to do my job. He gives me clarity of mind to do what he's called me to do. And so what is it for me to be proud of what I have or my skills or my income or whatever? Because the ability to do that comes from God. Amen. So looking at um, Deuteronomy 8.18, Mm-hmm. That's one of the anchor verses for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. And so God gives us that ability. Ecclesiastic 6, 18 to 20. Then I realize that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him. For this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. Amen. And so it's an attitude about... um, it isn't so much wealth. We live in a fantastic country where we have warm showers and we have drinking water and we have clean homes and warm homes and we have food to eat. And so, you know, God has God is the giver. He gave us life. He created this planet. He created the place we live. He's given us where we live. He's given us the ability to do things. All of these things. And so as we f- reflect on those, that, that is so awesome. It makes us want to adore and worship God. And as we worship God, and then part of that worship is acknowledging that this came from God. And and so from that, we have a generous attitude, of being grateful for it and sharing with others. And, and I look at the, in Psalm 95, it talks about uh, coming before God with songs and with prayer and then to hear his message. But it talks about the Israelites in the wilderness who hardened their hearts. And when God challenged them with things, they became resisted it instead of being willing to turn to God and ask God to help them. And and so we always are trying to not harden our hearts. And um, Amen. Yeah. Uh, and it's very interesting, the passages you were talking about in Deuteronomy, 
the people were about to enter into the promised land. And so this truth for a new venture, a new journey, I know that for all of us, including myself, when there's something that's new, when there's a step, a risk of faith, there's a sense of nervousness of, should I do this? How is this going to work out and things? And essentially that's where Israel was. And then you quoted from Ecclesiastes, now Solomon is looking back and it's hundreds of years later. And Solomon, he was enjoying the fruit of what had come to Israel. And now he's looking back and he's saying, God's provided all the way. And so I appreciate uh, kind of that spectrum of uh, biblical truth as well. Gloria and I have a verse, uh, it's, it's Psalm 84, 7, and it says they go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. And Zion is the city of God. Yes. That's where we'll reside when we're in heaven. And, um, but they go from strength to strength. And so that is part of our marriage previously. And for others, they go from struggle to struggle. But God is our strength. Mm. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm. And God's right hand mm. extends down to give us strength. And so, so um, it's, a, it's a perspective of not seeing things as struggle to struggle. Amen. It's seeing them strength to strength and so, then we're walking with God. Days when you feel like you're struggling, times when you feel like you're struggling, um, how do you turn that around? I, what I do is I, I have to pause and say, God, where is this coming from? Mm. Whether it's my head racing or tension in my heart, my chest, you know, stress, whatever you want to call it, I have to pause and say, God, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And he'll usually tell me, and then I can resolve it. Yeah. But I have to be in tune with his voice. And calling up on his strength, not mm -hmm. our own, for sure. Mm -hmm. I look at James chapter 2, I think, where it says, um, whenever there's trouble, or whenever there's happiness, and whenever there's sickness, we're to pray. And so that's kind of what life is about. Trouble, happiness, and sickness. Yes. And we go through that cycle. and. It's going to be that way. And so, like, emotionally, how do we stay constant yeah. and just rely on God instead of going up and down with each of those events? Yeah. Kind of along these lines, what are some fears and challenges of being a generous person? What holds us back from that in your perspective? Hmm. Well, Gene and I have talked a lot about this one recently. We were over at the Hope House building, and we had sat down at the picnic table for a break for lunch, and this gal walked in into the parking lot, and she needed um, jumper cables. She was over at the storage unit, and her car wouldn't start. And I said, oh, I sure wish we had some. And then in my head, I heard the words, but you can have my bag of grapes. And I thought, that is so weird. <laughs> like, where'd that come from? That's not going to start the car, huh? <laughs> right? And I never said it. But God wanted me to say it. 
And I don't know why. I don't know what benefit a bag of grapes would have been to that woman. But in that case, I did not pay attention to God's voice and follow through. So I try to yeah. hear, hear his voice and obey. So, so we're, Gloria and I are both uh, experiencing God class here at the church was really you took helpful. That last yeah, time? because, mm-hmm. and, and part Had, of you that. Had you taken that before, or was that the first time? First time. Yeah. That was our first time, and it yeah. was trying to see God in different events. And where yes. is God in each event in life? Yeah, where is he at work, and let's join right. him. Exactly. And so um, from that class, we change as we're going somewhere and we're going to meet people or an unknown area. It's always, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to pay attention to? What are we supposed to say? And there was a there was a gentleman, his name was Craig Massey that we knew many years ago, and his psychologist. And he had one phrase is that for children, you got to remember they're lovable valuable and capable Mm. and so we use those principles to look at other people because like it's really easy to judge and not want to get involved but from god's perspective they're lovable valuable and capable and so god's brought them into our life or into our path and so how do we respect that god's created them and they have value and what what is their need and how can we help them and the we the uh uh, up on the podium, the the uh, time and talent and treasures. You know, those are the three things that we have to give. So th- yeah, this is we're not talking a, about the podium at church up front, yeah. and we have uh, people who decorate the church that do such a great job. They sure do. at setting the stage mm-hmm. with various kinds of physical objects, and so we got a clock up there, and we got a trunk clock for time, a trunk up there for treasures and some trophies for talents. And so that's what you're talking about. Go ahead and finish yeah, the story. And it's, yeah, and it's an awesome picture because yeah. this is not all about money because we have other things to offer people. And so that our church, helping people find and follow Jesus, we don't have to accomplish the end. We're helping them along the way. And so as we engage people, how can we help you and what can, you know, what can we do? Or it's who can re- we refer you to? That can that can assist you. Yes. So we're recording this before Pastor Ryan's sermon, but I'm sure he's going to be talking about some of these fears and challenges. And if you're listening to the podcast, you can go back and listen to the sermon to maybe follow up on some of that as well. Any other so, fears or things that hold us back that you can think sure. of? Back in the uh, late '80s, I went through really severe uh, depression. Yeah. And at that time, I mean, it was like I was convinced there were only two alternatives in life, the sanitarium or suicide. Mm-hmm. And during that time, um, my friend Chuck Winger called me every day for a year. Mm. Wow. That's generosity. That is. Because he had took value in me. And at the same time, God brought a, a, a navigator uh, counselor into my life, Mike Merritt in Cedar Rapids, and Mike was the one who was able to help me through a journey of finding my way out, seeing the light at the other end of all this depression. And so I look back, and uh, one of the verses that I have from that is Psalms uh, 
94, 17, and 18. Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your love, O Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Mm. And so it's a cycle of, uh, you know, God gives first. And in our weakest and most helpless moment, God can rescue us. Mm. And when that happens, that has changed my life forever, going through the depression and then coming out and God Mm. transforming my life. Psalm 94, 17 uh, and 18? Yes. Yeah, that's going to be a help to somebody who's listening. And so just encourage you, if it is, look that up, meditate on that passage. Talk to Gene about it. You're invited to do that. And the interesting part about that story is that God did it, but he used people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the body of Christ. We each have different skills and talents, like like the, and, and different amounts of time and mm-hmm. money. Um, but God uses people, yes. and we're a team. Amen. Yeah, part of what I talked about was in the parable of the talents. Some one of them was given ten talents, another five talents, another one talent, and so. We do have different experiences or might say amounts of experiences or giftedness, and that's okay. And what God calls us to do is to take the good gifts he's given to us and find ways to share those and multiply them. And the amazing thing about God is since he's the one that created everything, he never runs out of gifts to give to us. That's a great point. Um, when Jean was talking about attitude, our attitude, um, there was one Sunday where we were talking after church and, and just mentioned that, um, you know, we're kind of old and we don't have the energy we used to have and we needed to move some furniture items from the first floor to upstairs. And right away, Ryan heard, heard us say this and, and he, he, hollered over to another guy and said, hey, we have an opportunity here to, and blah, 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 help, yeah. help Gene and Gloria. And I, that struck me that he, he called it an opportunity sure. for some young guys to come over and use their strength to help us. And, and so if we would have that attitude that this is an opportunity my my daughter, um, I went on two mission trips and one in Dominican Republic, um, and after the church women would serve us the food and then we'd go back and do our work, whatever we were doing for the two weeks, and so my daughter came up to a woman, a church woman, wiping the tables and and said, "I'll do that for you, you know, I'll do it," um, so that she wouldn't have to because they had worked so hard. And the woman was offended and she said this is my privilege. Mm. And so to her, my daughter was going to take away her privilege of cleaning the tables. And if we would view that, our time and what we give to others, what we do, it's a privilege. 
It's an opportunity. Mm. So there's a new venture that mm -hmm. the Lord has put on your hearts. You call it the Hope House. Tell us a little bit about how this developed as a vision in your lives and what's going on, what this is, and uh, just share as you're led. I want to go back one time. Um, okay. Psalm 71, that talks about uh, how God, when we were born, he carried us, and as we grew up, he took care of us in every way. And so it ends up in verse 18, it says, uh, 17, Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I will declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, Lord, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Hmm. And that, that again is one of, for Glory and I, in the settings that we're in, we try to share what God's done in our life and what yes. Scripture says about it. And uh, it, it's become a way of sharing with others because that that's really, we do marvel at what God's done in our life. And he can do it in others. And we see people that are in despair and people that are hopeless and people that uh, they don't know what to do. The, the hurt or the struggle is so bad, but God has the answer. And so part of what we can share is just what he's done in our lives. And so that, that's part of we're older and like, but that's part of sharing. What did God do in our life? Amen. And to, and to uh, we're a picture of God's brought us th through the tunnel and out the other side of light. And he'll do that with others. And, and I, so, pr I appreciate for the two of you that you share biblical truth and it's intersected with your lives. <laughs> and that's the kind of encouragement people need. Right, yeah. right. So how um, Hope, Hope House, we forget the 611, and that's an important part of the name of the building. Okay, and I might have it, heard that one time, but maybe forgot. That's okay, because it's yeah. easier to say Hope House, right? <laughs> yeah. But the 611 um, came from Isaiah uh, yes. 61, 1. And there are four basic points to that, which are? So, I actually, okay, I'll share those, but then... Yeah, and then I'll tell the story, I will. Don't worry to tell yeah. the story. Yeah. So there's four things in there. One is that God has um, given us the ability to share the gospel. And then... How about if we read that? Real oh, quick? yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you want to read it? 61, 1 and 2? Just one. Just one, okay. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor... He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. And so, six one one is from Isaiah sixty one one to proclaim the gospel, and then to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and then release from darkness for prisoners. Mm. And it's really interesting that freedom for the captives you have it so, memorized so, so lots I, I of, didn't even have to read it <laughs> lots of people are in the middle they've been taken captive but they can be easily grasped and mm. you know that we sing this song in church rescuing the souls of men 
Well, we used to back when we sang hymns, but some of us who are older will remember that. <laughs> yes, and young do. people, um, this is a glorious truth that Jean's going to tell us about. <laughs> so, Gloria, give the give a little well, bit of history. I would pop into the Rooted Bean and just chat with Laura once in a while, and so there, you know, came about because the church is building that um, she would need a place to go for the Rooted Bean, and the church office would, you know, would be out at the the building site, um, which the ramifications of that is um, there are some renewal ministries, support group ministries that take place at the Rooted yes. Bean intersection office area, and where will they go? Right. And so in, in talking with Laura, um, there was that need. Yeah, we all had you know. that same question, really. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so it was just through... It started with conversation with Laura, and then I posed to Jean, hey, what do you think about, you know, we, that we do this? And, and so, he, you know, I am so blessed to have a man that would say yes mm. immediately without, without any objections Yes. Then let's we might do, do this by this. By, what do you mean? by hey, why do you think about buying a building mm-hmm. that you know the rooted bean could be there and then there would be other rooms for support ministries, renewal ministries to take place. And mm-hmm. he was all in from the mm-hmm. very beginning. And so we But you didn't know where that was. We had no idea. Yeah. Um Laura, you know, was in her like praying about what to do. There were some ideas Mm -hmm. but god had this building hit away which um it's interesting that it had a a for lease sign on it and had it been a for sale sign it probably would have sold very quickly Mm -hmm. but because of the for lease sign god saved it really it was miraculous Mm -hmm. and 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 there wasn't anybody renting it at the time no it was empty it had been vacant since january or february yeah um, and so just the domino events and the mirac- we could go into details about the miraculous ways that God confirmed that this was the building. Um, in, yeah, where's the building? Um, it's from the only traffic light in Adel, Iowa. <laughs> you go straight west on Highway 6, um, and it's exactly one mile west of the traffic light next door to... Um, Adel Acres. Yes. And it is beyond anything that we ever um, imagine. Isn't that how God works? Mm-hmm. He give, He does beyond what, what it, whatever we can ask or imagine Amen. is what that scripture Ephesians verse says. 21. Yes. And that's what this place is. It has more rooms than we ever imagined, but as as renewal ministries are growing and there's so many needs... Um, you know, again, to help people in their needs. And that's my passion. Yes. My absolute passion. Mm. So I'm so pumped. Mm. And another amazing thing, this is not, this is not a Jean and Gloria, Ryan and Laura, the four of us, you know, working on this. There are so many people that have volunteered. There's absolutely no way that the four of us could make this happen. Mm. No way. 
Yeah, but, so we're recording this at the end of August 2022, and you purchased in June? The, so. We closed the end of May. Closed the end of May 2022, and so it's not necessarily open yet. What's going on? What are you doing? What kinds of things are, are you so getting ready I, for? I, I, Remodeling. Would, I would go back in Gloria's, okay. Gloria's modest, but she's been involved. Both of us have been through a lot of life events that have been a struggle and God has brought us through those yeah. and so our church is very giving to our community and they have the vision of ministering outside of the walls of the church and so we're seeing that in the intersection with these recovery ministries yes. and and it's in so many areas where there's hurts and lives yes. and so when this idea came up that's on the heart of Gloria and I also is that uh, it takes other people, it takes God, it takes the scripture. There's so many pieces have to work. You have to love people. And and so we're very much, this is a passionate ministry for us. And then all of a sudden, God provides an opportunity. And so this is one of the things that between Gloria and I, are you willing to listen to God and what, what he's asking you to do? Yes. Then we always have a choice. Robert Bork says the moment of temptation is the moment of choice. The same thing. God gives us some, presents an idea. We have that moment to choose. And so we instantly were willing to say yes, but we didn't have any idea how it was going to work or what it was about. Mm -hmm. And so we, this, is, this is the challenge. Every time we meet somebody, what we're going to say to them, the fear of if we speak, they might reject us, that we might say the wrong thing. But... But, but but God's prompting us to do it, then we have to choose to say yes and trust him with the rest of the, the details of what's happening. And so so that that's what we're seeing in Hope House. We don't exactly know what it's going to be, but we know the vision is a facility to help people recover from the needs of, you know. Out. Of the needs of life experiences. Yes, yes. yes. Right. And... I mentioned earlier about team. You know, we each have our gifts. Yes. And Jean has said we've had probably 40 or 50 people come and help in different ways at the building. And this is a team effort. This is not what I was say, mentioning. Like, it's not Ryan and Laura and Jean and Gloria. It's not the four of us and our big deal, you know. it's. Yeah. It is a team effort, and this ministry will not be successful. And and it's proven already what so many people have done to help move it along to opening day. Mm. Uh, it's humbling. Mm. It is absolutely humbling to to be on this team with these people. Mm. Yeah, we just kind of need a pause to say thank you, Lord, for uh, all you've done, all you're doing, and will do. To God yes. be the glory. Amen. Yeah. God's the one that does all of this healing and binding and restoring. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. he is. And so that's what we want to present to the city of Adel. Yeah. Yeah. The God is the answer. Yeah. And that through Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, that's the power to transform our lives. Amen. And that's that's why we're here, because God changed our lives. Right. And 
yeah. as you say generous I don't know that we we accept that because it, the generosity is giving back what's been given to us yeah. Yeah, in every is, way in essence generosity God so loved the world that he gave yes. his one and only son and we love First John says because he first loved us mm-hmm. and I mean that's a well known verse but that's bottom line otherwise we're empty vessels yeah. we're just empty vessels without him yeah well thank you lord for this time that we've had to uh, think about your amazing generosity and i pray for those who are listening on this day that this might be an encouragement inspiration that the stories that we've told we know are a process of your story being worked out and so we commit uh, the hope house to whatever you will accomplish there. And we pray for Jean and Glory and for every one of us that we might find ways to allow you to work through us. We offer ourselves to you in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Amen.